Hello and welcome back to Eye Care Outreach, Moving Through Podcast. We are so grateful for your continued support and your heart and your listening ear. Once again, Pastor Rob Turner, educator and founder of Eye Care Outreach, located in downtown Bridgeport, Connecticut, will continue his series titled Restorative Authority, extracting from Old Testament books of Ezra and Nehemiah. He will speak to us about the man Nehemiah, how his prayer-filled dependence upon the Lord was not in vain, and he'll ask us a question. Are we willing to pray for an exchange of our weaknesses for God's grace-sufficient capacity? Hi, I'm Robert Turner. Thank you for joining with us. In our times together, we have been sharing messages with truth nuggets of moving through life. In these times, we're experiencing levels of brokenness in our lives and there are variable contributory factors. Much of our brokenness stems from our self-induced sins, community sins resulting from broken people, broken systems, and spiritual opposition from the enemy of God. Our times mirror the Old Testament days when God allowed his people to be taken into captivity because of their disobedience to him. We can learn from the revelations found in Old Testament books of both Ezra and Nehemiah that God's remnant returns, finding their city in ruin. Well, we are eyewitnesses to the breaches and cracks in our churches, our homes, our families, the walls of our towns and cities and people. We clearly bear witness that things have gone too far. Yet knowing this, we have not shifted or sobered our minds and actions towards God's will in these times. Truth nugget, we can find ourselves reacting to the spirit of darkness rather than yielded to God's voice through prayer and repentance. Well, today we will continue to journey through the book of Nehemiah on this subject of restorative authority. Note, restorative is an adjectival word defined as having the ability to restore health, strength, feeling of well-being. The verb restore actually means to bring back a previous right, practice, custom, or situation to reinstate. The word Authority speaks of the power or right to give orders, make decisions, and enforce obedience. The Lord desires to repair the breaches and cracks in our lives, the holes, the broken walls, and burned and broken gates of people like you and I in the broken cities, towns, and states where he has placed us to live sacrificially. The Lord is calling all his people to return to him and to rebuild lives with his given restorative authority. In examining the book of Nehemiah, 
the Lord allowed his people to be taken into captivity because of their disobedience to him. And he works through repentant survivors who return to him to repair the gates, the walls, and the ruined systems of everyday life despite enemy opposition. The Lord will strengthen our hands in exchange for our weaknesses with his grace sufficient strength and give us greater capacity to move through the ruin within and around our community of lives. His desire is that we would have a mind and spirit to yield to his will and engage in his work in view of his mercy as living sacrifices. Nehemiah chapter 2 gives us a greater sense of Nehemiah's deep concern for the predicament and difficulty of the people in the city of Jerusalem. Listen as I read from Nehemiah chapter 2 in the New Living Translation as he is before the Persian king Artaxerxes. The king asked Nehemiah in verse 2, why are you so sad? You look like a man with deep troubles. Nehemiah replies in verse 3, Why shouldn't I be sad? For the city where my ancestors are buried is in ruins, and the gates have been burned down. The king was concerned with what was distressing his cupbearer. So he asked, how can I help you? This crucial question leads to Nehemiah's request for permission to go to Jerusalem to rebuild. Nehemiah was gripped with fear and anxiety, but not so much for the king's question, but in anticipation of the request he was to make knowing that in Ezra chapter 4, verses 17 to 23, the king himself had stopped the Jewish efforts at rebuilding the walls. Nehemiah had a burden for the remnant in Judah. He had a deep sense of Jerusalem's significance to God, a man of faithfulness and prayer. He fasted prayed and confessed when learning of Jerusalem's dilapidated condition we find in chapter 1 verses 4 through 11. Even before the king, he uttered short prayers on the spot. We see in that chapter 2 verse 4 and chapter 4 verse 9, convinced that God's hand was upon him in every enterprise he undertook he humbly operated under God's method and motivation for restorative authority. You know, together, Ezra and Nehemiah acted to reestablish Israel's covenantal relationship with God. They were people who had endured the judgment of God and the humiliation of exile in an unclean land. 
the only means to that end was through separation, confession, repentance, cleansing, and devoted attention to the Torah. The first six chapters of Ezra focuses on the rebuilding of the temple. In chapters 7 through 10 of Ezra, on the definition of the community in accordance the law of your God and the law of the king. Chapter 7, verse 26 in Ezra. Working through the Persian kings as his agents, it was God who secured an opening for a return of his people from exile. And then he, he assists them successfully to complete one stage each in the restoration despite opposition either from outside or from within the community. In chapter 2, verses 5 through 9, Nehemiah asked the king to send him to the city in Judah so that he could rebuild it. The king asked him, How long will your journey take? And when will you return? Nehemiah also asked for letters to take to the governors and to Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, so he would be given timber to make beams for the gates, beams for the city wall, and the residence he would occupy. He needed these letters with the king's official authority to rebuild the city and its walls. But Nehemiah truly operated under God's restorative authority, knowing God's restorative authority is overcoming authority. His prayer dependence upon the Lord was not in vain. He knew the good hand of the Lord was upon him, as we read in verse 8. Not only did the king give him what he requested, he also made him governor of Judah in chapter 5, verse 14. You see, the king's decree fulfilled the word of the Lord to Daniel in Daniel 9, 25, even as the earlier decree of Cyrus had fulfilled the prophecy of Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29, 10, and Ezra 1. So King Artaxerxes granted Nehemiah's request and sent an armed escort with him. Verse 12, chapter 2, tells us Nehemiah slipped out during the night, taking a few others with him. And he had not told anyone about the plans God had put in his heart for Jerusalem. Verses 13 to 16 shows us that he surveyed the city during the dark hours. The night inspection can easily speak of surveying the work to be done for the Lord while the enemy sleeps. Staying one step ahead of those who would dissuade us in the things of the Lord. In verse 17, we can extract a real purpose from the book of Nehemiah. It reads in the New Living Translation, But now I said to them, You know full well the tragedy of our city. It lies in ruins, and its gates are burned. Let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem, 
and rid ourselves of this disgrace. In this verse, we should find that purpose to teach us how God would restore for his people the faith that protects and gives victory over the enemy. His mercy triumphing over our judgment. And what can be accomplished if we had a sober mind to work as living sacrifices, as the New American Standard Bible translation reads, that we will no longer be a reproach. So Nehemiah seeks cooperation of the people in rebuilding the walls, and it may typify the need for all of us to recognize the fact that we are laborers together with God. And then we have but one foundation upon which to build. It's First Corinthians chapter 3, verses 9 to 11, where Paul writes, For we are both God's workers, and you are God's field. You are God's building. Because of God's grace to me, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. Now others are building on it. But whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have, Jesus Christ. In essence, come and let us build that we be no more of reproach. Rebuilt walls would end forever the exposed condition of their city, which constantly invited attacks and reproaches from their, their enemies. Nehemiah told them about how the gracious hand of God had been on them and about his conversation with the king. None in Israel could deny the direct providence of God in reversing King Artaxerxes' decree of Ezra 4.23 that forced the Jews to stop building. So they strengthened their hands for this good work. What a climax. Small, well-focused actions can produce significant, enduring improvements placed under God's restorative authority. When God answers your prayer, you become by the power of His Spirit the distribution point of His grace, sufficient capacity, and gifting. When prayer is answered, it activates the decree and will of God. We are living in a time of quick transition. The Lord is holy, and I believe he waits for a private word with each of us to shift our minds and actions toward his will on earth as it is in heaven. He did so with Nehemiah. Let us pray for our surrender to the Spirit of God to activate His will and decree in the breaches of our lives 
and in other lives. The breaches of the ruined systems, walls and gates of our town and cities. We are called to the work of restoration and reconciliation through the authority in Christ Jesus. We are his workmanship. People are crying, desperate, hurting, and dying.